The sponsor for the month is the Banner of Truth Trust. It is a high honor to preach God's Word, but the life of the pastor can still be pressured and tiring. The Banner of Truth Ministers Conference is designed to provide you with encouragement and rest. You will enjoy great fellowship from like-minded ministers and teaching from trusted preachers. Gather with us May 30th through June 1st in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, under the theme, Not Ashamed of the Gospel, and enjoy new friendships, find great banner books at exclusive prices, and recalibrate your heart for the ministry. Can't make it in May? Consider the West Coast Conference in October. Thinking about entering the ministry? Well, this is for you, too. Find out more at thebanneroftruth.org. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Hey guys, good morning, and welcome back to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. Hope you guys are all doing well today. Today we're going to talk about civil laws, gun control, and the law of God. And I'm going to need the Lord's help to do that. So let's go ahead and pray. And then I'm going to give you some updates on the front end on the Banner of Truth giveaway that's going on. Some links that are in the show notes point you in that direction. And then we'll get into the content. Let's pray. Father, we just need your wisdom and direction as always. We thank you for your grace that's upon us. We ask for wisdom. Uh, I ask for wisdom as I'm, I'm talking through these points here this morning. And I trust you're going to give it. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. So first, if you would consider hitting pause and going to iTunes and leave a rating or review or subscribe. If you're somehow listening to this and you're not subscribed to the show, please consider heading over there and subscribing, leaving a rating or review. All of that helps and it helps spread the word about the show. Thanks so much for considering that. If you are watching on Gab, go ahead and pause, hit that subscribe button, share if you would, and that would be tremendously, I would just, it's just helpful. So thank you so much for considering that. Second thing is go down to the show notes and you can check out the sponsor for the month, which is the Banner of Truth. I've been working with the Banner for several years now. It's one of my favorite publishing houses. I'm so thankful for them and all the work that the work that they've done to recover Puritan authors and complete work sets. I have a complete work set of uh, Stephen Charnock right here on my shelf, a new version of that that's printed and then I have up on my shelf a 1699 you can see it way back there actually I'm pointing there if you're watching on Gab you can see it way back there uh, is a two volume set from 1699 of Stephen Charnock and what they do is they take publications like that they re-put them and re-put them into circulation and republish authors that haven't been in uh, the market or in the cir- in circulation for years decades even sometimes hundreds of years like Charnock and in the, the early Puritans and many of the Puritans and uh, I just love the work that they're doing so this giveaway is John Calvin sermons on the book of Job so if you want to get on that follow the link to the giveaway sign up and you can share and find a bunch of different ways to, to sign up. Okay, so we're talking about civil laws, gun control, and the law of God today. First, we're going to start with a, the Illinois gun ban and gun control. In Illinois, they're doing everything they can to make the rest of the state of Illinois, Chicago down, just like Chicago. And if you don't know, crime in Chicago is crazy ridiculous, from homicide rates to any sort of gun, you know, when you say gun violence, it's kind of a weird thing to say because the guns don't actually commit violence. Guns are not alive. People are using the guns. One of the things that is important for us in these conversations is to keep simple things simple rather than giving the dignity to complicated conversations. We don't need complicated conversations on gun laws. For instance, 
it is perfectly right, good, and well to say guns don't kill people, people kill people. That is absolutely accurate. And when other people that are saying, oh, no, there's more to the discussion than that, we need to have deeper conversations to this and really think about these uh, these laws and how we can control this. And you just don't even need to dignify those conversations. Guns don't kill people. There's no such thing as gun violence. There's people violence. The way that Illinois then has tried to tackle this problem is say, well, you know, we're just going to try to take guns away or have more regulation or we're going to have bans. And in the city of Chicago, after decades of even banning handguns and concealed carry in the city, illegally, and that's been overturned, the, those gun laws have done nothing whatsoever to curb the violence. In fact, the violence has just continued to go up and up and up. The, the problem with this kind of thing is not the guns themselves. It's fatherlessness. It's a lack of training. It's not a, a way to teach young men how to take their aggression that they have and appropriately manage it into positive, you know, into positive ways. The problem is just, it's really extensive when it comes to the actual problem, but it's certainly not the guns. Well, Chicago has had its influence, as it always does, on the state of Illinois, and there has been uh, HB 5471 that's just passed, and what that means is AR rifles are now, AR-15s are now banned. Any rifle that has a magazine, in magazines of more than uh, 10 rounds are banned. <clears throat> 50 cal guns, ammo, banned, and... Uh, so, and then rounds, uh, 15, 15 round mag, mag, mags are banned also for handguns. So you're, you're thinking about these regulations that are coming down the line and pastors are seeing these. And one of the things I've seen over the last few years, and this was me just several, several years ago, I didn't understand. And you guys have been hearing me as the trajectory of this show has been building over the last few years. I didn't understand how God's word was authoritative in all of life. And when laws like this get put on the books, when legislation like this goes, goes through and gets pushed through, and law-abiding citizens are now restricted of their constitutional rights at the state and federal level. Often, pastors want to leave that in the hands of those politicians, lawmakers, legislators, that kind of thing. And they don't know how to address that or equip their people. And really, when they hear pastors talking about it, like even like the content of the show here today, other pastors are thinking, how does this, How? Why, why do we even need to get into this? And there really is a Anabaptist light, an Amish light perspective taking on issues like this. And so what ends up happening is pastors think, well, in, in our congregation, there are those that want strict, stricter gun laws and those that don't. And this really isn't theological. This is kind of just a, a situation where we can have differing perspectives on this and that kind of thing. And so instead of addressing things biblically, what ends up happening is pastors tiptoe around these issues and they might, behind closed doors, make their you know, opinion made known, but they're not going to share more than an opinion. They're not going to say, this is what God's word has to say about it. Because I, I've just seen that many of us, myself included for decades, just wasn't equipped to know how to address these issues biblically. And so I've had so many people come to me over the last four years now saying, Jared, we think you're veering off into things that aren't as important and we don't understand. In fact, I've had even some other pastors, many pastors come to me and say, Jared, you're off on this. It's been so kind of the Lord where many of those people that originally in the last few years have been upset with me about COVID stuff or whatever it may be, have come back and said, you know, Jared, I'm sorry. I, I was wrong and I didn't understand how God's word applied in this particular area. And I'm so thankful for good friends and even friends that have been kind through disagreements, but have come and said, okay, I understand now. I see this now in, in a more biblical way. So that's part of the reason why I'm wanting to do this show today is help you think through gun laws and civic law in a way that's biblical. Okay, first, 
the legislators that push this through, the House, the Senate, and then down to the governor's desk, they have obligations from God to the people, assigned obligations from God to the people. In fact, Romans 13 calls the emperor a, and, and those are governors that are in our nation elected and appointed officials as we do our governing responsibilities as the, as the citizens, but they are servants of the Most High God. And then when we look at 1 Peter, we get into 1 Peter chapter 2, we're told that the emperor is supreme. It says in uh, verse 13, but be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. In America, you got to ask, what is that? We are a constitutional republic. Our human institution is not a monarchy, and you go through all these kind of things. But then we get told greater things, in, or, uh, uh, it, this builds out in verse 14, or to governors sent by God to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. The central role of, of government here is to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. When legislators come out with a bill and it goes to the governor's desk and the governor signs that, what I want to challenge people with, what I want to challenge pastors, Christians with, is to think through this in the terms of doctrinal statements. When a law goes on the books for the people in the public square, so a law is signed in Springfield or wherever your state capital is or wherever your county is, wherever it may be, what those legislatures are, sta- are saying is that these are laws that you must abide by. Do this and don't do this. That's what they're saying. These are doctrinal statements in the public square. They're theological. They're not just some sort of other category that's outside the reign and rule of God that's somehow above the scriptures or parallel with the scriptures. These laws, no matter what they are, are underneath God's word because these have these these people that are making the people that are making these laws. And if you ever get in a situation where you're an elected or appointed official, where you're you have you're part of some legislative body, then where, where are you going to go for law? Are you just going to go to general principle wisdom? And I'm not necessarily getting into the, uh, into theonomy right now. But wh- where are you going to go? Like, what are you going to do if you actually get the responsibility of having that that sort of uh, delegated or elected authority? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go for law? Because these are statements in the to the public, to the people that you live next to, the people in your community, the people in your state. You're saying these have to be abided by. Like I said, those are not parallel with the scriptures. They are to be underneath the scriptures because the people that are in these positions have obligations to God. They're not this this bubble zone kind of thing that they are somehow underneath or apart from the rule and the reign of God and the authority of God's word. They have to understand what what is right and what is wrong. These these officials need to be able to say with the psalmist about the law of God that the law of God is perfect, reviving the soul. The law of God is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. When we're talking about civil law, we're talking about things that are being declared publicly as right and wrong, righteous or unrighteous, just or unjust. You have to see that these are doctrinal statements. They are theo- theological. They're theological. So when we have this gun ban in play to the people of our state, we have now laws on the books that are in violation of Illinois state constitution and our federal constitution. They're in clear violation. There's no way to get around it. In fact, there's going to be some stays in the court that are most likely going to give some sort of restraining orders and get some guns back on the shelves. But ultimately, the whole thing, even with gun control, is this issue of not just self-control, but it's also of the right to defend yourself. Do we have the right, the God-given right, biblically, to defend ourselves? 
And, and these politicians are making these judgments without any regard to God's word. And that's why pastors have to be thinking through, what does God have to say about self-defense? What does God have to say? Not about getting vengeance, not about going out and being a vigilante, but what does God have to say about defending my family? Do I have a, a, a biblical warrant to defend my family and our property, or do I not have that biblically? You see, you see these statements are not just, again, they're not just isolated silo statements from uh, parallel authorities. They're, they're statements of authorities that are under God's word. And that's what we have to train our people with. That's why we have to be thinking about civil law in the category of doctrinal statements. So do people that are elected have the authority to violate God's law, to invert it, punish the evildoer, punish the, the one that's doing good and reward the evildoer? Do they have that authority? And the answer is no, theologically, biblically, no. Do they have the authority to violate the Constitution of the United States? Do they sit above the Constitution? And the answer back to that is no, absolutely not. We, the people, have not given them permission to do that. So they are in violation. So, Pastor, I want to challenge you to think about how civil laws matter. Politicians are servants of God, okay? They are servants of God, either good servants or bad servants, and we cannot remain silent on these issues. It's not, it doesn't mean that we've got to be some political pundit and we've got to, you know, make comments about everything that's on the books, but we at least have to be equipped to know how these things are, are either just or unjust according to God's word. That's the real challenge. And then you're going to have to parse out God's law. You're going to have to do that work of trying to figure out how do these things and which ones apply and which ones don't apply. What would I do if I did have, you know, legislative responsibilities in our state or in our community or in our, in our, our county, that sort of thing. But you have to know and you have to train your people. Pastor, I'm just pleading with you. If we've seen anything over the last couple of years, there are consequences when pastors take a neo-Amish approach to the law of God in the public square or just basic civil law. You have to understand how these things are theological. So in the state of Illinois, for instance, J.B. Pritzker and all these legislators that push this through, they are violating their chief responsibility under God, which is to be a servant of God according to the Constitution of the United States of America and under the authority of God's word, and they're doing a really bad job. They are heretics. They are theological heretics. They are outside of the bounds of Christian orthodoxy according to God's word. And you need to be equipped to sit down across from somebody and tell them why these things matter biblically. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope this has been helpful. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out. I would love to have this conversation or further this conversation with you. We want pastors, we want people, we want legislators all around to be able to say with the psalmist in Psalm 19 with David that the law of the Lord is good. The rules of the Lord are right. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true, are altogether righteous, more to be desired than they are gold, even much fine gold. That's, that's good stuff. So anyways, thanks so much for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.